This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> Our final hour today of Brock and Saul. Brock will return tomorrow. Uh, he is... Uh, Doing some family stuff today. Uh, of course, he would take a day off as the Seahawks make their first big move in free agency in like, you know, over a decade. Uh, but he'll be in tomorrow. And it was great having Brady Henderson in over the course of the last hours. We kind of bounce around. I want to go down to Peoria and do our uh, daily chat with Shannon Dreyer because we got some great news and some not so good news. And I want to see if we can kind of go through it all. Shannon, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to talk Kelnick and I'm excited to talk Robbie Ray. But before we do either of those things, I got to ask you about a guy who's DHing today, and that is JP Crawford. And I'm assuming he's DHing because of this so called soggy shoulder. What's going on with JP? I think it is just a soggy shoulder. I think we are to that point right now in spring training where guys are getting a little bit sore. So I'm not to the point where I'm going to panic and think that it's something else. I think this is a situation where if it were regular season, he absolutely would be out there in the field, but it's a long spring training and they've got time. I did put it in my post yesterday that when Scott called it a soggy shoulder, he said that with a smile. It wasn't, I know a lot of people are trying to you know, compare it to the Drew Smiley situation. I do believe that was the original SOG. Um, it, it's not like that right now, or at least that's uh, every impression that we've gotten. I can also tell you that when he left the game, I was there. He left without a trainer, so I wasn't too alarmed about that. And he's done everything before games that he would normally do. I've seen him take, I think, three batting practices. He seems fine. So I think they're just trying to go a little bit easy on him because he did feel just soreness there but yeah we'll keep an eye on it how has his spring been in general i mean we heard the stories about him coming in a little bit bigger we saw him down there i thought he did look bigger and then i just haven't really seen much or heard much of him over the course of the spring what what has his spring been like uh, well, he's looked like JP in the field. Um, he's definitely had great energy. We've seen him in the cages. But the one thing, and this might be, there's still plenty of time, so I don't worry about it too much. But he's one of those guys who hasn't quite found his timing yet. And so we haven't seen, you know, I tell people not to watch results in spring training. Well, the results haven't been there, but behind the scenes hasn't been there yet either. He himself kind of has admitted he's not there with the timing as of yet. So you hope that he can get that, uh, you know, shoulder to the point where, uh, well, that's probably why he's actually in the games right now where he can have those DH and take advantage of that because it's not bothering him in that situation. But you do want to start seeing him have uh, some sort of consistency or a good feel at the plate. Uh, talking to Shannon Dreyer, uh, let's talk about the guy who's hitting right after him in the lineup today, and that would be my favorite player in the universe, Jared Kelnick, uh, <laughs> who every time he goes out there just does more and more great things. Yesterday, a couple more hits, stolen base, scores a run. I, all right, let's talk about something other than just the numbers because they're absurd at this point. What else can we say about him? Approach? I mean, what else? what else can we point to as it comes to Jared Kelnick right now? Well, I think approach and mentality are the two big things that we're seeing. And uh, we saw it yesterday, and we saw it early. This is nothing new. He's been doing it all spring. But you do see him. You know, he does get ahead of, uh, in counts and, and then doesn't miss his pitch. But he has also done well when behind in counts. And that's probably a little bit more of him not losing his head 
which is kind of helping him as well. And I asked Scott Service this morning, you know, taking into consideration all the work that he did this offseason and the work that you know and, and what he's put in and the changes that he's made, uh, are there any preconceptions of what he would be when he came in with all of that in mind that uh, have kind of uh, gone by the wayside? And he said, yeah. He said, uh, on the mental side of things, it's, it's even better than I thought it would be. And so he is kind of putting away when he doesn't win a pitch or he doesn't win a bat or if there's a situation, uh, he is dealing with that and they're not seeing what they saw when he would get into trouble uh, when he was up the last couple of years. So I, I think there's, you know, <laughs> it, they're happy with everything that they're seeing right now. He's very focused on what he is doing. I think having success in spring training is big for him. I and mean, he can take that into the season and that feeling into the season, but more than anything, he can take into the season that the changes that he made. And that's another thing, the changes that he made in the off season, he has stuck with. Mm. There have been no major changes that he has made in spring training. These things have worked for him. Uh, you can take a lot of confidence that he is on the right path into the season. Just amazing. I mean, I just, I hope so badly that that continues. I was saying earlier, I think what you notice watching and seeing the numbers every day for Kelnick so far this spring, not so much how great the skills are, but how many of them there are. I mean, he has the potential to be such a complete ball player. He does. And I think perhaps something, and it sounded kind of like a line at the time, but it's something that he kept repeating last year at the end of the year. And he's talked about, uh, this year is because he can do so many things. There are so many ways he can impact the team. And if he's having a bad day with one thing, if he can get on base or steal a base and score a run or make a great play in the outfield, that's about team. You know, if he's just kind of sulking about what he's doing at the plate, that's about Jared. And I think that, you know, impacting the team and realizing that he is one of the team, he doesn't have to do it all on his own, and he can impact the game in many ways, I think it's something also that's taken some some of the weight off of his shoulders. How good was Robbie Ray yesterday? <laughs> uh, it was great to see. We didn't get to see him his last time out because his pitch day came on the off day, so he just threw a sim game, and I was really interested to see where he would go because he was really fired up after his second start, not just because of the splitter, but because he loved what he saw from his slider and getting a little bit more depth with that. Uh, he was good. He threw nine splitters, and uh, you're seeing more consistency with that pitch and how he's able to use it. Velocity was there, too. He averaged 95.5 miles an hour on the fastball, and there was some off-season work that was put into that, so that's a plus if he has that velo that he certainly did not have early in the year last year. That's going to help him. And I kind of go back to a conversation that I had with pitching coach Pete Woodworth, and he said, Robbie Ray is not conceding anything. He's a guy that thinks that he should win a Cy Young every year. And I think we know how competitive he is, and he made some major changes in the offseason. And one of the fun things is is if something doesn't work with him, unlike Jared Kelnick, where you don't want making a lot of changes, Robbie is shown that he can adapt and he can make changes in season so you know if these things don't carry over you feel good about that as well but you know his plan it it does seem to be working it does seem like that splitter is a pitch that he is going to be able to take into the season you gotta like what you see with the velocity very different from last year there's no chance he starts opening day is there I don't think so. And, you know, Scott yesterday said, oh, that's a big thing with the fans and you guys. And, and I mean, it's an honor for the player. And Luis Castillo said it is one of his goals every year. He wants to start opening day. He wants to go to the World Series. And he wants to win a Cy Young. Um, you know, unless they do something matchup-wise, uh, possibly they could do that. But, 
while Scott said he wasn't going to announce it yesterday, he did kind of slip at one point and say, you know, when we see Luis Castillo on opening day, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, I mean, it, it seems like this is all but a foregone conclusion and ultimately not that important other than for that pitcher. Um, yeah, once everything gets going and there's only one opening day, there's only one night where you are the number one guy, everything, you know, you pitch every five days after that. Yeah, so just the honor. that is it is an honor. It's a big honor. But, um, yeah, it's it's been yet to be announced. I would be very surprised if it wasn't Castillo. Hey, last thing for you, Shannon. Uh, thinking and watching Harry Ford here over the course of the last few days mm-hmm. and a couple of home runs that he's hit. It got me thinking about Julio in the Olympics a couple of years ago where he was about the same age and playing with some guys who were a little bit more experienced, et cetera, and he was one of the stars that broke out during those Olympics. Could this have a similar kind of slingshot effect for Harry Ford in his career? Yeah, I actually asked Scott Service about that this morning and, you know, just thrilled to see what he is going through. It'll be a little bit tough when he goes from a crowd of 45,000 in Arizona to Everett to start the season. But uh, those are the things that uh, get you hungry. And certainly, you know, as a 20-year-old, there's nowhere else he's going to get that kind of experience and that kind of pressure and that kind of adrenaline rush. And it's huge. I talked with Julio's agent about the Mariners letting Julio play in the Olympics and you really didn't hear about that kind of thing sure everybody's doing the WBC right now but to let your prize prospect not just out of your watch but out of the country three times for qualifiers and then to go to Japan teams just don't do that and his agents said the Mariners do things differently and I give them a lot of credit for them I think these are great opportunities these are opportunities that you know Harry will have had that adrenaline rush when he gets to the big leagues and perhaps is facing his first postseason when that comes down the road Julio said that the Olympic experience helped him when they got to the postseason last year so I, I think it's a great thing to do you know it's scary letting them go and knowing that injury can be part of it but it is there is nowhere else where you are going to have that kind of experience that kind of adrenaline that kind of crowd and the Mariners value that you like those Great Britain uniforms yes yes thank goodness they got away from the gray and the color you love that and the, <laughs> the crown or the knighting ceremony I, like I, it. I, I hope <laughs> they're having fun they it's are having fun they, the whole WBC has been pretty fun it's been uh, it's been entertaining and obviously it'll be more fun once they get out of pool play and we see some of the best teams get after each other Shannon thank you uh, I know we got to change times a little bit tomorrow we'll figure out a good time uh, I'll text you later and uh, we'll have you on tomorrow thank you Awesome. Thank you. All right, there you go. There's Shannon Dreyer, our Mariners insider, of course, and you can read her at seattlesports.com. Logan Gilbert will be on the mound today, and as you heard, uh, J.P. Crawford, rather, going to DH as he is dealing with a uh, shoulder that's just a little bit soggy as of right now. This hour is brought to you by 3010 Weight Loss for Life. we got ranked coming up in about a half hour. Uh, before we do it, give you everything you need to know, including the Seahawks, who are making another change on their defense. We'll tell you what it is next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Now, those busy Seahawks, they are making all kinds of changes up front defensively as they continue 
to erase some of the problems that they had last year up front. The latest, Quentin Jefferson, who is done after his second stint here in Seattle. They released him today, according to multiple reports, saving some $4.5 million against the cap. This after they've already released Shelby Harris. And so, yeah, the changes have been plentiful for the Seahawks up front defensively. Of course, they also brought someone in, and that's the big move they made late yesterday. Former Broncos D-lineman Draymond Jones, three years, $50 million or so. But when you start looking at the guarantees and the cap hit, it's not too significant in year one, just about a $10 million cap hit in year one. So all kinds of flexibility for the Seahawks to continue to add. What are you getting with Draymond Jones? We went to Denver, talked to our friend D-Mac, and he said, pretty good player. He's athletic. So he gives you um, a good inside pass rush. That's, that's definitely what he's best at, right? So that's the most exciting thing, that you, you get a pass rush from the inside that you most normally wouldn't get. And he's a, a solid run stopper. Listen, the guy's, the guy's great. He's definitely one of the best guys at his position that was available in free agency. Yeah, so you're looking at a really good upgrade at a position of absolute need for the Seahawks. I like what they did. I thought it was important. They weren't a lot of options to try to improve the position, so they went out and got one of the best players available. That is exactly what they should be doing. Up next, linebacker help, wide receiver help, interior offensive line help. Still plenty of needs for these Seahawks before the draft next month. We'll see if they continue to be active today. Here's the second thing you need to know. 3-2. Swing and a miss. He gets it by him. Strikes out the side. Robbie Ray with six punch outs. He's slicing and dicing the top of the Angels order. We're through three. We head to the fourth. Robbie Ray punching tickets yesterday, as he is wont to do. Actually looked really good. We just talked to Shannon Dreyer about it. Throwing 95 through a whole bunch of those new splitters. So, yeah, more out pitches for Robbie against both righties and now lefties or uh, against uh, righties as well. So really like what he's got uh, working with the slider going one way and the splitter to break the other way. So good news there. Uh, Jared Kelnick, another fantastic day. Two more hits, a stolen base, just showing off the player he is perfectly capable of becoming. Again, only 23 years old. And when you see all of the skills that he brings to the table, it really is pretty darn impressive. He's back in the lineup, batting third and playing center field today. J.P. Crawford's in the lineup, batting second, but he's the D.H., apparently got a little soggy arm. Shannon says it's not too serious and that everything was said with a smile yesterday, but, you know, something worth watching. He did break down over the course of last season, dealt with injuries, played through them, and was not nearly as effective, spent the off season get bigger working a driveline and so the hope is that you're going to see an improved jp crawford this year it's not exactly a great start to that but very early and we'll see just how significant this is as time goes by how about this kid though this kid could be special harry ford left field and deep and harry ford has gone out of here great britain stretches the lead my goodness. They sure did. They knighted him again when he got back to the dugout, and they actually beat Columbia, their first ever WBC win for Great Britain. But the 20-year-old Mariner prospect, he's a top prospect in this organization. Pretty cool to see him go back-to-back uh, to go uh, hit home runs in back-to-back games. Here's the third thing you need to know. I'm pretty 
discuss it with what I saw last night with the Kraken. I really did not like that game they played at all. And, you know, playing Dallas a second time in a row, coming off of a loss, really expected them to come out hungry. And instead, they got down in a hole early. And just when it looked like they might chip themselves out of it, they immediately gave up those response goals that have been such a problem for them this year. I thought Martin Jones had a lousy night in net. I thought their defense was lousy in front of them. They didn't score enough. Their special teams was bad on both sides. If they lost the puck, they turned it over. This Jacob Magna was a constant turnover. I just, it was a really bad game last night for the Kraken. So hopefully that is not a sign of things to come. They got a couple of days before they play Thursday down in San Jose. If I'm Dave Haxtall, he tried to call the timeout a couple of games ago early after they got down. I don't know what you need, but something's got to kick these guys in the butt because that's now three games in a row that they have lost as you're starting to head towards crunch time uh, and the playoffs are looming right around the corner. There you go. That is everything you need to know uh, quarter past every hour here in the new Brock and Salk show. You didn't get to uh, any other of the players in our sure. er- earlier bit that Mora wanted us to just have a word or a phrase associated, but of course we turned this into another music segment. So what else do you have here? Justin? So I was going to ask you what came to mind mm-hmm. when you saw the Jimmy G news. I mean, oh, he's wow. leaving the division. He's going to the Raiders. So I, think, like... I think we all know what song comes to mind anytime somebody mentions Jimmy G. And... Wait, why is it gone again? You lost the sound? No, I have it. I swear I do. Justin, stop losing the sound. This is too important. There we go. I love that this is the the way you went with it. Congratulations. You've gotten creepier than your song for uh, (laughs) Luis Castillo. You thought that was creepy? What about my Starship song for for new uh, Draymond Jones? I thought that was That's a song. That's a good song, though. I just feel bad saying goodbye to Jimmy G. I feel like we had a thing. Goodbye, my lover. <laughs> goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. We, come, we thought he was going to be the one. one for me. I do have others. I've got a song for uh, for Aaron Rodgers as the Raider, as the uh, Jets rather continue to you look. You guys for. are literally doing ranked in like no, fifteen minutes. No, that's not for twenty you minutes. Can't stop playing music right now. I thought so I'd play can... this one for Aaron Rodgers. Wonder, don't you have a Jets friend? Don't you have a, a friend who's a big Jets fan? No, he's oh, a, a Mets, Mets fan. fan. Okay, just, he's actually wanna, a Mets and Broncos fan. Weird. I want to know how Jets fans actually feel about that. About this, it's a good question. I played Rogers. golf with a couple of uh, Wisconsinites when I was in uh, when I was down in Arizona, and they couldn't wait to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. Really? Okay. They were like Jordan Love, whatever. Just get this guy out of here. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is all leading up to him going to the Jets, but I think it would be hysterical if it doesn't. They 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 got Nathaniel Hackett. They're signing Alan Lazard. They're signing who? Randall Cobb? They're, it says they may be signing him. Uh, Brady, Weird. I think, was reporting earlier that they're signing Donald Driver out of retirement. <laughs> um, no, he didn't report More that. brought up a good point. Wasn't he the one complaining about not having enough receivers? Yeah, so they're going to get all the crappy receivers yeah. he used to have, and they're going to put them there. You guys haven't been putting enough receivers around me, but bring <laughs> right. the guys that I was complaining about before. Yeah, I guess from <laughs> the uh, from the Jets standpoint. Been dazed and confused. All right, sorry, I'm more, a, no I more music so from Minnesota. It's something unpredictable. For all our Wisconsin fans, right. 
I do have more. You know what? I won't Frank play any more. So more, much music in it no already. More, more, no more music for twenty minutes. How's that? You have you have a promise. No more music for twenty minutes. Oh, big love. Twenty full minutes music free. We're the only station in Seattle promising no less music coming your way here on Seattle Here's Sports Brock. on Seven Ten. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, finishing up a Brock and Salk show here on Seattle Sports on 710salesports.com. Got my ranked list all set and ready for 945. I got this weird little habit. Like, I like to go blue sharpie. To get my ranking stuff in order and get all the uh, top five done from the many, many choices that uh, Justin and I have. What do you mean order? There's order. These are the top five. They're in blue, right? I get everything set up. What do you mean no order? I've got all of the of the honorable mentions. And were then, you or were you not just debating what was going to be two and what was one live during your top five? Well, because that was a tough yesterday. one. I, I, hey, well, you, it was a tough category. You bring up an important point, though. Order ranked. I don't know if we've done order. Of course, you got new world order. You got new order. (laughs) I am so mad at Brock right now. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Maura. All right. Well, then let me uh, take a few minutes then before we actually do some ranking coming up in about 15 minutes at 945. uh, it, It was a big day for the Seahawks. They are clearly, I forget who it was, who I saw this on Twitter, had a picture of or that little, uh, uh, little gif of the just a a uh, huge piece of equipment just wrecking a house, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, just like completely destroying. Dozing. Yeah, some bulldozer or whatever it was, crane, I don't know. I, they're all the same to me, Justin. You know I don't know the difference with any of those of things. And this, whatever it was, it was something made by Caterpillar or something, and it was just destroying a building. Renovation, I hope, right? But that's what they're doing to this defensive line. It's what they're doing to this defense in general. I, I'm sorry. I, I I like to write movie scripts in my head of how things went because I don't always know. I don't know what happened after the season ended. I don't know, to Brady's point earlier, why the Seahawks have got, went in a different direction this year in, in free agency than they ever have before. I don't know why their draft was as different last year as it was. It does seem like they've been freed up, as Pete has said, since the Russell Wilson trade to kind of act differently. But the script that I write in my head Involves Pete Carroll finishing the year, watching the film again, and saying, oh, my God, my defensive line was terrible. It needs to get fixed. It's it's what makes Pete Carroll Pete Carroll. It's what made the Legion of Boom special. He needs to have a great defense in order to play his style of football. And last year, and for the years leading up to it, his defense was awful. And that starts up front on the defensive line. So am I surprised that Quentin Jefferson and Shelby Harris are gone? No. Not at all. Am I surprised LJ Collier and probably Puna Ford and Brian Monet aren't going to play a role in this next year? No. Maybe Al Woods. Maybe Shelby Harris on some sort of a minimum deal where he doesn't have to get paid like a starter. Fine. But that's why you go out and spend some legitimate money in free agency and you bring in a guy like Draymond Jones. Awesome. I love it. Love what they did. Position of need, reasonable amount of money, and it's a position of scarcity in the draft this year. I love it. I'm so happy with what the Seahawks did today. 
And I love that it gives them every opportunity to do whatever they want at the number five pick. Now, everything is on the table. After everything. Sp- after spending an hour with Brady, and I asked you this question earlier with the with this acquisition of Draymond Jones, do you still feel like the ship is turned in that direction or do you still have no idea? None. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. They can go whatever direction they want. Brady's right. If John's got a quarterback that he totally is in love with and completely enamored with, they should find a way to get him. I mean, if you got to trade up, great. I love it. Okay, trade up. Get the guy you want. You've got the assets to do it. And if you need to have your quarterback of the future and you think you've got one of those guys like Josh Allen, like Patrick Mahomes, the two quarterbacks that were told they were willing to trade up before to go get, go do it. I think that's totally within play. If you don't want to do that or they, you don't want to trade up and they go before you have a chance, you can go defense. Because if the quarterbacks all go, even if three of them go ahead of you, you're getting either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson. So if you got your pick between those three guys, hey, whatever you want to do. You want your outside linebacker rush, rushing guy? Great. You want your you know kind of speed defensive end, bigger body sort of in between Tyree Wilson? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. If you love Jalen Carter and you're not worried about whatever has gone down in his past, et cetera, but you think he can be a dominant defensive line presence to pair on the other side of this Draymond Jones, you can go do that. Nothing is off the table. I I, I could go in either of those two directions. I I, I know I've sort of promoted the idea of trading up. That's only if you are 100% sure that you've got the guy who you think is in that same category. And if you're in love, go do it. So let's assume they're not. If that's the case, I don't want to just take whoever falls to me. If it's Will Levis, like, no thanks. Not unless that's who they love. So at that point, I think I'm going Jalen Carter. Back, right to, back to where you were a month ago. Yeah, and I could change my mind on that. I mean, Will Anderson seems like a heck of a player. Brock says he's better player. I believe him. Uh, there are some concerns clearly about Carter's, you know, want to level and, and some of his off field choices that he's made. And you're going to have to really work through those if you're the Seahawks. But, he, but you know, there's no history of violence or anything like that. And, I, and I'm going to kind of take what we heard from Daniel Jeremiah and flip it a little bit back over to the defense. He was using it on the quarterback spot, and I get where he's coming from. But I'm going to take this same line and maybe switch it back to the defense a little bit. Here was Daniel Jeremiah talking about why he would go with Anthony Richardson as a top quarterback. You're going to have to expend a top 10 pick to get any of these quarterbacks. So if I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket and they all cost a dollar, but one of them, the payout is $500 and the other one, the payout is $5 million, then shoot. If I'm going to be spending a top 10 pick, I want the one that if I hit, I could hit it big, big. And that's Richardson. Yeah. And so I get what he's saying, right? I mean, the other option is now what he's leaving out of that. It's not like you've got a bunch of lottery tickets and they just all pay different amounts and they're all costing the same. Yes, they all cost a dollar and one could make you hundreds of millions of dollars and one might not. But the other one has a better chance of getting you $25,000 or $50,000 or $100,000 or whatever, right? I mean, if you miss on Stroud or Young, the miss is still probably a lot better than the potential miss on Anthony Richardson. Sure. Because if you miss on him, he's terrible. He can't play. Yep. He is an absolute non-starter, can't play. So, you know, there's a much better chance of winning with the other guys, but the upside is high. So let me turn that over to, to the defense. Who's got the highest upside defensively. It's Anderson or Carter, right? 
Everything we've heard, yeah. So I, I think it might even be Carter just because of the position he plays and the other value that you can get out of that because he can play all over the defensive line. Go big. I know, right? it, I, and I know it's a small sample size. Did you watch any of the um, uh, championships last year? Yes, but I don't remember. You don't remember? Okay. No. You, you didn't walk away being like, oh, that's the guy. No, I don't remember any of that. Okay. Well, yeah, do you this guy's blended. remember back to when we talked to KJ <laughs> about this? Um, I have a little clip of his thoughts on Willie Anderson and Jalen Carter. Oh, yeah, he wanted box. Will Anderson. Big fella, about 6'5", 300 pounds <laughs> moving. I saw him take that. I should say he got to meet Jalen Carter. Oh, so that's yes. what he started talking about. Big fella, about 6'5", <laughs> 300 pounds moving. I saw him take that guard from LSU and literally just <laughs> put him in the dirt and made the TFL. He's as advertised. Mm-hmm. But, Grown but, man. Give me Willie Anderson. (laughs) (laughs) Well, either way, uh, you know, you can't go wrong. It sure seems like. And you get an opportunity to do whatever it is you want. So I think they've got a lot of good options ahead of them. Uh, If they want to go quarterback, they can. If they want to go defensive line, they can. If they want to go outside linebacker, pass rusher, they absolutely can. Uh, And I think that all of those are pretty legitimate options. You remember who number five was last year? I don't. Who was Kayvon it? Thibodeau. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, a guy who originally was supposed to be the number one overall pick. And so that, you know, heard about that Carter. could be a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter situation where well, both guys have kind of had that of character, character issues. Yeah. yeah. And Questions. he was good. Was pretty good year. He had a pretty good year. I don't know if it was an incredible year. No, it wasn't but it was Hutchinson, though. No. It was a good year. No, it wasn't as good as Hutchinson. So, yeah, I think they've got some uh, they've got some real possibilities. And I'm looking forward to the draft this year, probably as much as ever before, because of where they pick and because of the different directions they could go. And because I think that all of them are right. Like, if they draft any of those guys on draft day at number five, I can't imagine coming in the next day and being like, mm, don't like it. I'll be psyched about Jalen Carter because he's such a disruptor. I'll be psyched about Will Anderson because of the way he comes off the edge and how valuable that is in the modern day NFL and how hard it is to find somebody of that Von Miller kind of explosiveness. And I'll be psyched if they get a quarterback at number five, because it will mean they truly love somebody. Right. I was going to say, you said that last year, like if they pick a quarterback, yeah, you're like, well, it's not somebody I had, but if they pick him. Pete and John believe in him. I'm going to love it. How could you not love it? And more than anything, I love that they are taking a wrecking ball to this absolute embarrassment of a defensive line from a year ago. It was awful. It was getting pushed down the field. It made no plays. It didn't get into the backfield. It allowed nobody else to do their job. If nothing else, they're taking this seriously. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was Jody Allen. Maybe it was Pete Carroll. Maybe it was John Schneider. Maybe they all got together and said, hey, what the heck are we doing? Maybe they decided to start looking outside the box like Dick Fosbury, who we were talking about earlier. By the way, go back to that story real quick. How cool is that story? Dick Fosbury died yesterday. Yeah, Dick Fosbury died yesterday. For those who were unfamiliar with the name, he created the Fosbury flop. He completely, in 1968, revolutionized the entire sport of high jumping. And he died yesterday, 76 years old. He was from Medford, Oregon, which I didn't know, kind of a Northwest guy. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely revolutionized the sport, probably more than anyone else in their sport in history. Yeah, so he said, just on his quick about on Google, says he was the most influential, among, among the most influential athletes in the history yeah. of track and field. Well, I would say in the history of sports. I mean, like, he took the sport and changed entirely how it was played. Olympic gold medal winner. I mean, it's basically like introducing the forward pass into the football, right? 
I mean, there, there's, there's, there's high jumping before Fosbury and afterwards. So, uh, yeah, he passed away yesterday and, and often used not just as a, you know, great track and field artist or, or athlete rather, but also somebody who, who businesses study because of his ability to say, I don't care that that's how it's always been done. I'm going to do it my own way. And I think sometimes when you're in businesses, it's helpful to get back and think, hold on, what's my goal here? Why are we doing all this? Right. Right. And and I often and talk about that in terms of like getting to Super Bowls, not just making marginal improvements. I, I just kind of get the sense maybe the Seahawks had a little meeting like, what are we doing? What's our goal? Yeah. Why? What do we need to do to be great? Well, we got to have a great defensive line. OK, then stop screwing around with mid-level talent on your defensive line and get great. Go get really great players to play defensive line. Something I hear all the time. It's like, why are we doing this? Ah, oh, so we've always done it. That's not good enough anymore. Not even close and never should be, by the way. One other thing for the Seahawks that it looks like we're starting to see roll in. Uh, Brady said they've tendered uh, linebacker John Radigan as an exclusive rights free agent. Um, we're going to wait and see what they do with Mike, Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. Miles Adams. But um, Bob Condota said that some people have been pointing out to him that over the cap is saying they tendered Ryan Neal at the $2 million mark, which doesn't make any sense because that would be like the original round tender. You'd just be asking other teams to come basically try to grab him. Huh. Um, and that's not anywhere else yet, so I think we're still waiting on official word on okay. that. But I would assume that they're going to tender Ryan Neal pretty high because they need to hang on back. to him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, based on everything he's done the last few years, you would think you would want to have Ryan Neal. Seemed like a great locker room guy. Yeah, just sort of everything he brought stabilized that position after it was a disaster early in the year uh, with that other. Was it Josh Jones, the kid who was playing there? I mean, he was disaster. Johnson, I forget. He was all kinds of problems, and so uh, I'm not going to remember his name. Uh, but they got it right eventually once uh, Ryan Neal just Jones. slid in there. All right, time to do some ranking. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 9.45 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. All right, well, the Seahawks have certainly been busy, as have the rest of the NFL teams, making moves over the course of the last 24-plus hours. Tip of the hat to uh, Maura Dooley here. Thank you, Maura, for suggesting moves. I hate myself. That's what we're going to do today. I hate everything today. It's a good idea, Maura. We've got moves ranked. Moves ranked. A few honorable mentions I thought I would throw out there. Jefferson's theme song. How is that not on the top five? Have we ever, I think we did early on, just rank TV themes. I that think that was a top three. List. Yeah, that's a great TV TV theme. Billy Joel. Mama, if that's moving up, then I'm moving out. It's got both moving up cha, and cha, moving cha, out. Cha, 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 cha. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's a big one. Uh, let's see. Um, Beastie Boys. I've been accused of leaving the Beastie Boys out before, so we won't this time. I just remember seeing it on MTV all the time. Hello, Nass. I think that's 1998. That came out my junior year of college. Everybody in every single dorm room was playing that for like a month, and then it totally went away. It was never heard from again. What was Intergalactic on? Uh, the one before that, okay. I think. To the Five Burrows, maybe, or it's whatever. the one that I remember the most. Yeah. Uh, I love, this is my favorite Cars song. <laughs> Uh, life is strange, but moving in stereo. <laughs> Hello, nasty. By the way, body movie. Oh, was it? Yep, yeah. ninety-eight. Hard to remember. 
Yeah, hello now. Yeah, but was Intergalactic on that too? So. Oh, okay, maybe it was. Who can remember these things? Is it Nina Sky? Nina Sky. MXPX. I love them. Of course you do. You oh. also like Switchfoot, don't you? Nah. Really? I can't do that. That song was a hit. Dare you like to move? I don't like the band. No, we're not doing that. Why? How about this one? I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, Back in the roller rink. I like to move it. It's uh, real to real. That's going to be stuck in my head all day. Uh, that one's very similar to this one. Baby, let me show you song that played in like the montage scene of every 90s kids movie. Yeah, that's about right. Man of the house. Like but they're... then it just switched to the other one that we just played. True. Soon they'll be using this one. How much do you hate Maroon 5? Oh boy, it's up there. I would say yeah. a lot. Uh, played a lot of them in my last <laughs> last two radio jobs. Don't, yeah. I'm not a big fan. You know what you could do? Not play it. When you're ranking things. Don't put stuff you don't like in there. I don't think I can do that. I like this. This almost made the top five. It's Carol King. That's a really good song. I'll allow that. It's a good call. Yeah. Really, really good song. It's a good move. I think I know what number one's going to be. Do you? I think I might know the top three. Uh, I I haven't even seen what you did. This one is very, very close to the top five. I wanted to put it in there, but I couldn't quite pull the trigger. Not in my top five either. So no, I'm glad. anytime he's playing a little slide guitar, that's good news. Justin, this was probably in your top five because it's all American rejects. I do, I do. It's not my top five. I do like that song, but no, so far I'm good. And I'm not putting this Rush song in my top five because it's off their worst album, Hold Your Fire, but this is Prime Mover. Did anybody text that in yet? Thankfully, no. I don't think. Uh, Nicole Kidman, 1987, Room to Move. Bill Paxton was in One False Move, Movers and Shakers. Old school Tom Cruise, All the Right Moves. I'm sure you know that one. <laughs> 425, the un- ranked, the unfunny non-sports radio segments that has more honorable mentions than lists. <laughs> I'd, spend, I'd rather spend two hours in a DMV than listen to 15 minutes of this. And yet, here you are. Prove it, man. <laughs> and yet. <laughs> you can do that. Here you are. I feel you, my friend. <laughs> The swim move, it's a pretty good move. Swim move, yeah, and the rip move as well. All right, top five. Number five. I hope we have a clean version of this. Move. Get out the way. Get out the way. Get out the way. Yep. Move. Get out the way. <laughs> that's how they clean that's that how song up? play that on the radio. How is that not number one? It's top well, three. It should be a top three It was me, number five. But... This is a really tough category, I told you. This was hard. This was hard for me, but that's number five. It gets downgraded because of Mystica. Downgrade? Wow, yeah. I thought that would be the piece that actually said no, it over. No, he's a scumbag. He's a bad person. Bad person. Yeah, sure. and he's not one of my favorites. I love the Luda verse. 
the mystical verse kind of annoying, and then the third guy is like some random dude, right? Who comes on and does whatever he does. Punch your lights out. Yeah. Okay. Number f- five. Number four is not a song, Mora. I'm going movie for this one. One of the all-time Whoa. great classic scenes in a classic movie. Can I move? Move. What the hell you mean move? Better when I move. Better when I move. That would be Robert Redford as the Sundance Kid. Wow. Butch Cassidy and That's Sundance out of left field. Didn't expect that. Really? Yeah, didn't. I didn't think it was good. I thought that was going to be an honorable mention. And you just forgotten about it. No way, man. That is an all time. That is one of the greatest movies ever made. All right. And that it. is one of the best scenes in that movie. Now, so. I, now I feel like I got a lot of pressure for my top three. Okay. Number three. This is a legendary song. If you were my age when this song came out, you knew every line to this song. Because it likes the groove to come on fat so and just bust the move. Okay. We'll bust the move. Young MC. Who, by the way, also wrote the uh, like Wild Thing and Funky Cold Medina for Tone Low. I am 0 for 1. Really? You didn't have that in your top three? I did not. Oh, that's a huge one, man. Whew. Wow. Okay, go on. Okay, I'm getting there. Bad. Hold on. That was number three. Let me get to number two. Now, I, I, this one did come close. To, and for any other thing, it probably would have been number one. And my dad will be upset. He'd probably want this to be number one. And it was unbelievable when I saw this song live. But it's number two on my list. Working on a night moon. There we go. Trying to make some front page driving news. Working on a night moon. Bob Seger. Who doesn't? Good. Okay. So far, we're good. I thought that was going to be number three. I saw Bob Seger. I was the youngest person there by 30 years. <laughs> so it's a good feeling. What did I leave out? Oh, did I leave out Outcast? You That's did. why. Oh, I forgot to play that one. That was an honorable mention. Oh. I just forgot to play it. I'm sorry. That would have been my number three. Sorry, here. I can put that in there just because I forgot to play it. I'm sorry. I'm fairly sure it's an Earth, Wind, and Fire sample, but I'm not positive. This is a little too poppy for me. It's fair. I like more like Equemini, etc. Rosa Parks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't love that song. B-O-B. I do love I do love Outcast. No, sorry, that didn't quite That's crack a bummer. the top okay. five. Were you able yeah, to correctly then. guess number one? I would hope so, because it's probably the best album that's ever been made. Moving Pictures. Again. Perfect album. Sorry, this is my favorite song of all time. It's Swindled. It's off my favorite album. Bamboozled. Sorry, guys. Tom <laughs> Sawyer. I'm going to get in on this Twitter poll action and Red see Barchetta. if we need to place a limit on how YYZ. many times you can make Rush your number one in ranked. <laughs> Camera Eye, Vital Signs, Witch Hunt, Limelight. Perfect album. We get, we know. It's a perfect <laughs> we album. We love it. All seven songs, perfect album front to back all seven songs are perfect sorry moving pictures number one and it's not oh, close is rock back tomorrow 503 loves you moving pictures the best rush album thank you i mean the best album let's just go there i got moving in stereo for somebody who asked i got cars come on now oh something in the way she moves that's a good one i think that's in there more you might have to move away to get away from this abomination <laughs> wait i thought something in the way she moves was james taylor you wouldn't play james taylor no something that's the beatles um, hmm. 
While ranked is a constant disappointment, Rush will always take the one spot. I hate that I can't hate this. See? It's the way ranked is. Sorry. Just how it goes. All right, it's time to go. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Maybe the Seahawks will make another move by then. Brock will be back for sure. And Mora will most likely be moving on, as it turns out. Okay. Rank, we'll rank see you guys at 6 a.m. Rank gets my water moving. Until <laughs> then, the hay <laughs> is in the barn. See ya. Get to the chopper!